Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you all, to have the chance to share with you about what we've been talking about all month here at Outlook, living free. And we've explored this intersection between our mental and our emotional health and well-being and our spiritual life and our discipleship to Jesus. So in case you're just joining us in this series, quick review. We've talked about how our weaknesses are not failures, but they are opportunities. Self-care is not selfish. Boundaries and limits are gifts to accept, not burdens to reject. Which leads us to today, where growing in Jesus will result in knowing ourselves. So Augustine, he's an incredible theologian from the fourth century, wrote a prayer, and it begins like this. Grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know you. Grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know you. So I kind of imagine Augustine sitting at like some old wooden desk with like a quill. I have no idea if that's accurate, but that's what I picture. He's sitting there growing with Jesus and he realizes and expresses that desire that he also has to grow in his own self-awareness. And not in kind of the superficial way where like he learns he's really good at flag football or playing guitar, which learning your gifts is important. But today we're talking about growing in Jesus and knowing ourselves and going deeper. Jesus often references, as we'll get into, producing good fruit or bad fruit, which means we have to be aware of our root system, of what's going on below the surface. So as we grow with Jesus, we have to take a look at what is going on inside ourselves. Anxiety, stress, fear, self-harm, depression, resentment, suicidal thoughts, avoiding vulnerability, addiction, trauma, abuse, Shame, self-hate, compulsive hurry, rage, distorted self-image, grief or pride, self-centeredness, pornography, toxic relationships, eating disorders. All of these hard things operate in and from our depths, our experiences, our influences, either feeding or poisoning this root system in our lives. So of all those hard things I just listed, one or more of them probably strikes a real personal chord with you. And you're not alone in that. Our desire here is to stop putting mental and emotional health in a little box that we kind of shove to the back of our closet and putting our spirituality in a box that we open on Sundays and that's it. But to see how they intersect and inform one another. And today, how growing with Jesus helps us know ourselves. So to quote a really another great introspective, this one a little more of our time, sometimes the world seems against you. The journey may leave a scar but scars can heal and reveal. The people you love will change you. The things you have learned will guide you. I am everything I've learned and more. Listen, do you know who you are? I am Moana. Anybody? Yes, great movie. (laughs) One of my more favorite, Josh, that was my worship team audition. Recent Disney movies. Um, Some of you knew it was Moana after like the first line I quoted because you've listened to the soundtrack a thousand times. Some of you have yet to see this masterpiece. I rewatched it this week in uh, research for this morning. Highly recommend it. So good. And it actually lined up more with what we're talking about today than I even expected. And knowing ourselves. Moana knew that deep inside her, she was called to the sea. She was created to be a voyager. And she could not ignore what was deep in her soul. Thanks for that, Amy. She could not ignore what was deep in her soul. Uh, Our kids are grown, so I've not seen Moana. But maybe on your recommendation, I'll have to check it out. We're looking at an important truth this morning 
that what's going on inside us cannot afford to be ignored. Our lives are lived from the inside out. Yet our inside, our thoughts, our motivations, our histories, our character, they can many times be like a jetliner's black box, right? Full of important information, but ignored and maybe even difficult to access until there's a crash. Can anyone relate to that? That we have things going on inside us that from day to day, it's just easier to stay on the surface and skip right by. But those things accumulate and they end up having an effect in our lives. A lack of self-examination can lead to ongoing self-deception. We end up just kind of kidding ourselves. And how this intersects with our mental and emotional health is not really to say that uh, those mental and emotional challenges that we face, Amy listed just a huge list of possible ones, it's not to say that they're our fault, but it is to say that they are most likely going to heal and we're going to find ourselves getting stronger through our own prayerful engagement and awareness. But as long as we kind of remain ignorant of them and kind of close our eyes to them, the odds of them getting better are way low. As the psalmist prayed in Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Am I the only one here who ever has an anxious thought? Know my anxious thoughts, he's praying to the Lord. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love that. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lord, you can see things I can't see when you look inside my soul. So show me what I'm missing but need to know about myself. Isn't that good? The psalmist here admits that he doesn't have a full assessment of what his choices and actions mean, where his motivations come from. So he invites the Lord to test him and reveal to him his own heart and mind. We can be a mystery to ourselves sometimes and to have a good look around and then show him what he needs to see. So in other words, it's like saying, based on what I heard Amy say a minute ago, God, show me my root system, right? That we all have one. And in this last year, year and a half or more for some of us, much like a tree blown over in a storm, the changes and the pressures of our world end up revealing the strength of our root system. And we can find ourselves in an upheaval, uprooted, and at a loss. So this is a good prayer to pray. God, show me my root system. In 1 John chapter 1, a New Testament version, so to speak, of that psalmist prayer in the Old Testament. But in this case, it's more of a convicting statement. The apostle writes, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Now, that's not just the sins we commit, but also the residue of sin committed against us and our own inner bent in our fallen nature and all the dysfunction that it fosters. If we kid ourselves into thinking that maybe uh, I don't have any of that or I'm okay, right? You're okay, right? I'm okay. You're okay. Everything's okay. We can sometimes fall into that cycle 
instead of stopping and asking God, point out to us what's not okay, but that you can strengthen and heal. See, when we don't pay attention or we remain unaware of who we really are and what's really true and happening inside us, we end up leaving unattended the space in which most of our significant things actually happen. The good news, friends, though, is that Jesus is super aware of everything inside us and can do amazing work there. And much of the time, he will do that work with us. So we can't afford to be ignorant about ourselves below the surface. We need to reflect on our character and our motivations, on our past and how it's affecting our present, on our deepest beliefs and thought life. That means a level of accountability and transparency with some trusted others. That may also mean sitting down with a good godly therapist and letting the Lord use their skills to help and heal us. Fortunately, we st- when we stay near Jesus, we're staying near someone who is not ignorant, even though we might be at times, about what's going on under the surface of our lives. He's intimately knowledgeable and would love very much to work with us to heal us and help us grow. So studying our roots is important because what's inside us will guide us. Our souls are like our engine and we have to look under the hood. It's so important to spend time looking into our own motivation and what's driving us. In Romans 7, I think we get an interesting picture of Paul's version of trying to look into his own motivation. He writes, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway kind of a mind wrap there, wrap your mind around that. It points to the effort it takes to look deeper into what motivates and drives us, and sometimes it's a little bit of a puzzle, but we have to take that effort and look inside. So I spent some time this week talking to a licensed counselor kind of about this topic, and it reminded me that we are all products of our experiences. If an experience is traumatic, then we can get stuck in that experience, and we struggle to pass through and to let it go. And when we get stuck in that trauma, we generally have a hard time regulating our emotions. And it's very normal to then look for things to take away that hurt that we can use to ignore it or to numb it, which normally comes out in a vice. So summed up, simply, trauma shifts our reality. And that internal shift can guide us into unhealthy symptoms. So this counselor also told me, in his world, they typically talk about big T trauma and small T trauma. Now, keeping in mind that trauma is defined by the individual, experiences like abuse, domestic violence, neglect are often categorized as big T trauma, while experiences like grief and failure can be small T trauma. Whatever we've experienced, we have to process it to help us understand what's going on inside. Like Rob said, without a doubt, if you've experienced any big T trauma, seek counseling. I strongly encourage you to process that with a professional counselor. And all of us should be seeking to process and reflect regularly, both in solitude and in sharing with those around us. In your family, in your small groups, take time to reflect what's happening inside. So author Rich Villadas recommends four questions we can use to regularly, prayerfully process, no matter what you're at in life, what your age is, what stage you're at. Ask yourself, what am I mad about? What are you mad about this morning? What am I sad about? What am I anxious about? And what 
am I glad about? These simple questions can have a way of unlocking parts of our soul. So ask, what am I mad about? What am I sad about? What am I anxious about? What am I glad about? And I encourage you to ask them when you're sharing meals with others, when you're driving in the car on the way to school or work or on the way home, as this fall weather continues, around a bonfire, wherever it is, take time to look inside yourself, process what is making you mad, sad, anxious, and glad. Because those experiences causing those emotions are motivating you and are guiding you. That's excellent advice, Amy. I love those four questions. I love the idea of families sitting and and having those discussions, or even when your kids get home from school, right? Just asking one or two or all four of those, that's a fantastic idea. I I know that as we wrap up this series, or at least this first part of the, the series, Live Free on Mental and Emotional Health, these are kind of heavy and Im- but super important topics, even though we're here, it's outside, we're having a good time. And, and, but it, the idea of stopping and re- realizing and remembering, looking at what's going on in my own soul is important. And I need God's help with that, but I need to stop and ask for that help and then begin to create space in my life to do it. As Amy just said, what's inside us does end up guiding us. So if I don't really know what's inside me, then I don't really understand why I, why I do some of the things I do, right? I'm being guided by something that I'm not completely even aware of, and that can sometimes end up becoming a tough thing, and that leads us to our final point. Another reason self-awareness is so crucial is what we're about always comes out. So what's going on in here always, one way or another, ends up coming out of us. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Absolutely. And we shared some delicious cider this morning. Sorry to those of you joining us online for missing out on that because it was so good. And I don't know a whole lot about the apple cider making process, but I know that cider that good had to come from good fruit, from some good apples. And good fruit can only come from good trees. That's right. That's Jesus' point here that just as it's true of trees, it's true of people. He goes on, people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And by good, we can, we can definitely read their healthy and whole heart, right? An evil person, a person in darkness, a person uh, unaware of their own motivations produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So Jesus' point here is we are all full of something. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're full of something. We're all full. The question is, what are we being filled with, Right? And whatever is in there, ask anyone who hangs out with us, it's going to come out. So each tree is recognized by its fruit. It's the same with people. So what we're seeing here is that another reason it's important to work with the Lord to understand what's going on inside us is because what's inside goes out and affects, maybe even hurts, those around us. In our words, as Jesus says here, as well as our actions, our choices, and our reactions. So if I understand what you're saying here, Rob, I'm kind of a visual person. If I'm full of bitterness or fear or anger or pain, I'm trying to push it down. But no matter how hard I try, eventually that's going to come out of me and on to others. Oh. 
Mm. Yeah, I kind of think you're getting my point there. That's nice. Oh. The silly string has landed on my tablet and I've totally lost my place. Isn't that awesome? We did not see that coming. <laughs> All right, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. Amy, I think you're getting my point. That's right. See, when we're full of ugliness, uh, that stuff is sticky. And it wants to stay with you, right? It's hard to shake off. And we've all been in that position in which we've been around someone who just kind of verbally vomits on us, right? They're full of uh, some tough stuff. Let's all respect the cyclists as they go by there. All right. When I let my wounds go unhealed, when I let my traumas go unaddressed, when I deny my addictions or bad habits and patterns... When I, refuse, when I refuse to forgive people who've hurt me, then it can come out, and it can affect those around me who don't even deserve it. Sometimes it just happens, right? And you don't even know it. It just, you can't control it. Sometimes people who don't even deserve it. Well, you might have deserved that just a little. <laughs> Maybe okay. a little bit. Uh, but the good news is that this works both ways. As Jesus said, we can allow ourselves to be filled instead of with the bad, with more and more good things, healing, grace, and peace. And what comes out of us in our words and our actions can be uplifting and enjoyable to be around. A little less like silly string and a little more like bubbles. Oh, see, that's very nice. See, that's cool. Who doesn't like bubbles, right? Right. So even though we're not trying to say by these bubbles that life is supposed to always be bright and airy and easy, we do all know the difference, right, between when our hearts are stuck and weighed down and we're spewing all over everyone and when the light and healing and grace of Jesus is clearing all that stuff out of us, we know the difference and those around us know the difference too. So, friends, what have we learned today? First, we can't afford to let our souls go ignored. We really just can't afford it. Second, what's inside us will guide us. And thirdly, what we're about always ends up coming out. I want to leave us with one last passage of Scripture. I love these words of Jesus in Luke chapter 11. Let these be the words that echo in our minds as we move into our week. He says, if you are filled with light, we talked about what we're filled with. Jesus brings light, shines it into our lives, shows us what we need to see. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, it says. Everyone say, no dark corners. No dark corners. Then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight, he says, were filling you with light. And friends, as we wrap up this series, that's our hope, that's our prayer for us all, and each of us can get there together. And if you'd like someone to pray with you, after service this morning, Amy and I will be hanging out up front for a few minutes after our service. But for right now, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, for the way you take good care of us and provide for us, that, that Lord, this world can be a rough and tumble place, a place that can leave us hurting, can leave us wounded. But Lord, you are a faithful healer. And Jesus, by your spirit, as you look down inside each of us, you see us perfectly. And you don't see us with eyes that are condemning, you see us with a heart full of grace and love. Help us to just internalize that truth, Lord. 
And as we begin to think about our own souls, and as we do our best to be as teachable and transparent before you, help us to reject that voice of condemnation and instead accept that voice of grace, that gift that you give. Lord, we thank you for that, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.